Welcome to Zichud Daf Simani Mamrei Ram Goldar and Tirim Zechus Baba Kama Daf Tzadi Tes. The ninth parak goes on Eitzim. So the three daps are going to focus on him. One, the Gemara seeks to disprove that a craftsman acquires the utensils improvement from a brisa discussing the prohibition of delaying a laborer's wages overnight. If a craftsman completed work on a cloak given to him and informed the owner but did not return the cloak, the owner does not transgress the prohibition even ten days later. However, if he returned the cloak midday, as soon as the sun sets on him, he transgresses on its account the prohibition of a laborer's wages shall not remain overnight with you, because the wages are owed as soon as the cloak is returned. If the craftsman acquires the improvement and his wages are considered payment for a sale, there should be no violation of baltalim. Even if he was hired to soften the cloth, that improvement will also be acquired. The Gemara answers that he was hired to stamp on the cloth, bitsha bitsha bimasa, a ma for each stamping, meaning he's paid for his acts and not the cloth's improvement, so he does not acquire it. Rav Shevshe said the kablanus, contractual work, work paid for completing a task, is subject to baltalim. The Gemara concludes he can agree with umen kona b'shevach and is discussing a letter carrier, for example, where the item is not improved. Pointing it to the Gemara suggests that the question of umen kona b'shevach is a malchokas a woman handed gold to a craftsman and said, Make for me bracelets, earrings, or rings with this, and in return I'll become married to you. Ramir says she's married as soon as he makes him and gives him to her. But the Chamu say, as the Gemara explains, that he must give her other money, but this jewelry would not affect Kedushan. The Gemara assumes everyone holds wages become owed from the beginning of the work until the end, and that Kedushan made with a loan is ineffective. Since each puta's worth of work would become owed to the laborer as it's done, accumulating debts to the craftsman, giving the finished product would not affect Kedushan. Her mare must hold umen kona so the craftsman is marrying her with his share in the jewelry, and the chamim disagree. Three other interpretations of this machokas are given. And point number three, Shmuel said, Tabach umen shakilkel, an expert shochev, who was given an animal to shecht, and he ruined it by shechting it improperly, rendering it an avela. Chai b'shalom, he's liable to pay the owner, Maziku, Bosheu, he's a damager, he's negligent. It's like the owner said to him, Shech for me here at the Trachean esophagus, and he shechted it for him in a different place. The second phrase adds that even if he shechted it for free, he's still high for his negligence. Shmuel was challenged from a Brisa exempting an expert shochet, and he explained that his ruling followed Rebimir's opinion that one must pay attention to avoid damaging another. This is explained to referring to his ruling that Niskal Poshehu, one who trips, is negligent. Later, the Gemara establishes that Yochne obligates an expert who is paid to shecht and made it in a vela, but exempts one who shechted it for free. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara seeks to disprove that a craftsman acquires a utensil's improvement from a brisa, discussing the prohibition of delaying a laborer's wages overnight. If a craftsman completed work on a cloak given to him and informed the owner but did not return the cloak, the owner does not transgress the prohibition even ten days later. However, if he returned the cloak midday, as soon as the sun sets on him, he transgresses on its account the prohibition of a laborer's wages shall not remain overnight with you, because the wages are owed as soon as the cloak is returned. If the craftsman acquires the improvement and his wages are considered payment for a sale, there should be no violation of baltalim. Even if he was hired to soften the cloth, that improvement will also be acquired. The Gemara answers that he was hired to stamp on the cloth, bitsha bitsha bimasa, a ma for each stamping, meaning he's paid for his acts and not the cloth's improvement, so he does not acquire it. 
Rav Sheshit said that kablonis, contractual work, work paid for completing a task, is subject to baltalim. The Gemara concludes he can agree with Uman Kona B'Shevach Kli and is discussing a letter carrier, for example, where the item is not improved. Pointing to the Gemara suggests that the question of Uman Kona B'Shevach Kli is a malchokas A woman handed gold to a craftsman and said, Asli Sherim Nizami Utabaos, make for me bracelets, earrings, or rings with this, Vekadeshlocha, and in return I'll become married to you. Rameir says she's married as soon as he makes him and gives him to her. But the Chamu say, as the Gemara explains, that he must give her other money, but this jewelry would not affect Kedushan. The Gemara assumes everyone holds wages become owed from the beginning of the work until the end, and that Kedushan made with a loan is ineffective. Since each pruta's worth of work would become owed to the laborer as it's done, accumulating debts to the craftsman, giving the finished product would not affect Kedushan. So the craftsman is marrying her with his share in the jewelry, and the Chamim disagree. Three other interpretations of this Malchokas are given. And point number three, Shmuel said, An expert shochev who was given an animal to Shecht, and he ruined it by Shechting it improperly, rendering it an Avela. He's liable to pay the owner. Maziku, Bosheu, he's a damager, he's negligent. It's like the owner said to him, Shech for me here at the Trachean esophagus, and he shechted it for him in a different place. The second phrase adds that even if he shechted it for free, he's still high for his negligence. Shmuel was challenged from a price of exempting an expert shochet, and he explained that his ruling followed Rav opinion that one must pay attention to avoid damaging another. This is explained to referring to his ruling that Niskal Poshehu, one who trips, is negligent. Later, the Gemara establishes that Yochna obligates an expert who was paid to shecht and made it in Avela, but exempts one who shechted it for free. All right, so now we go to Simmer Dav Tzaditas, and our standard Simmer is a cheetah. A cheetah. So here goes. The craftsman who is still waiting after sunset to be paid for stamping cheetah spots in the garment he returned to the customer was approached by a wealthy woman who gave him some gold and told him to make a gold ring with a cheetah on it and she'll become married to him. After she decided not to marry the expert shochet who improperly shechted an animal, rendering it a novella. Once again, it's emotion. The craftsman who is still waiting after sunset to be paid for stamping cheetah spots. Cheetah. That must be on top. Tzaditas. Cheetah. The craftsman was still waiting after sunset to be paid for stamping cheetah spots on the garment. He returned to the customer, which reminds us, the Gemara seeks to disprove that a craftsman acquires utensils improvement from a price of discussing prohibition of delaying a laborer's wages overnight. If a craftsman completed work on a cloak given to him and informed the owner but did not return the cloak, the owner does not transgress the prohibition even ten days later. However, if he returned the cloak midday, as soon as the sun sets on him, he transgresses Baltalin, the prohibition of a laborer's wages shall not remain overnight with you, because the wages are owed as soon as the cloak is returned. The Gemara answers that he was hired to stamp on the cloth a ma for each stamping, meaning he's paid for his acts and not the cloth's improvement, so he does not acquire it. So if the craftsman was still waiting after sunset to be paid for stamping cheetah spots on the garment, he returned to the customer, was approached by a wealthy woman who gave him some gold and told him to make a gold ring with a cheetah on it, and she'll become married to him, which reminds the more suggests that the question of Umen Konech B'Shevach Kli is a Malkogos A woman handed gold to a craftsman and said, make for me bracelets, earrings, or rings with it, and in return I'll become married to you. Ramirez says she's married as soon as he makes him and gives him to her, but the Chamusei, as the Gemara explains, that he must give her other money, but this jewelry would not affect Kedushin. The Gemara assumes everyone holds that wages become owed from the beginning of the work until the end, and that Kedushin made with a loan is ineffective. Since each pruta's worth of work would become owed to the laborer as it's done, accumulating debts to the craftsman giving her the finished product would not affect Kedushin.
So the craftsman was still waiting after sunset to be paid for stamping cheetah spots on the garment. He returned to the customer, was approached by a wealthy woman who gave him some gold and told him to make a gold ring with a cheetah on it and should become married to him. After she decided not to marry the expert shochet who improperly shechted an animal, rendering it unavailable. Which reminds us, Shmuel said, Tabach kill an expert shochet who was given an animal to shecht and he ruined it by shechting it improperly, rendering it unavailable. He's chayv to pay the owner. He's a damager and he's negligent. It's like the owner said to him, shech for me here, the tracheal esophagus, and he shechted him from a different place. The second phrase adds that even if he shechted it for free, he's still chayv for his negligence. So once again, the craftsman who was still waiting after sunset to be paid for stamping cheetah spots on the garment he returned to the customer was approached by a wealthy woman who gave him some gold and told him to make a gold ring with a cheetah on it and she'll become married to him. After she decided not to marry the expert shochet who improperly shechted an animal, rendering it unavela. All right, so now it's time for four blah chazar. Dav Tzadihei. So the simmer Dav Tzadihei is at Sahal, tank commander. So here goes. The tank battle. Tank. That must be Dav Tzadihei, Sahal tank commander. The tank battle between the thief returning a stolen sheep he sheared, along with the shearings, which reminds us, it was taught in a brace where Mary says that if one stole a sheep and sheared it, or a cow, and it gave birth, he pays, means he returns it, its shearings, and its offspring. The more asks if Rimer holds Shinui does not acquire, so the robber does not acquire with the shorn wool, nor the born fetus, or although he generally holds Shinui does acquire, he penalized the robber to return the wool and the calf. So the tank battle between the thief returning a stolen sheep he sheared, along with the shearings, and the thief returning a stolen sheep with the wool that grew in his possession, which reminds us, in the same brace where Yudah says, Gezela the stolen animal returns to its owner as is, without the shorn wool and calf. He additionally pays the value of the wool or fetus at the time of the robbery. Rabbi Shimon says we view it as if it was appraised and placed with him according to its cash value at the time of the robbery, and he pays that amount. Razvid explains, They argue about improvements which are still attached to the stolen item, meaning the animal grew wool or became pregnant in his possession. Reed holds they belong to the original owner, since he says the animal is returned as is, including additional improvements. Rabbi Shimon, who views the animal as if it was appraised at the robbery, holds... All improvements belong to the robber who acquires them with Shinui, even while attached. So the tank battle between the thief returning a stolen sheep he sheared, along with the shearings, and the thief returning a stolen sheep with the wool that grew in his possession, was interrupted when Bechor stepped onto the field to pay his brother with cash for his share in the improvements they made to their father's estate before dividing it, which reminds us, Shmuel said, There are three people for whom we assess the improvements they made to the land, and we remove them from their share in the land through a money payment. The first one being a Bechor pays cash to his brother for his share in improvements they made to the estate before dividing it, since the Bechor does not receive a double portion in the subsequent improvements. So the Zimmer Tzadivav is a town crier proclaiming the king's commandments. So here goes. The town crier, town crier, that must be more Dav Tzadivav, Tzav. The town crier who bought a stolen bell and fashioned it into a long trumpet, allowing him to keep a share in the improvements, which reminds us, Rav has said, If one stole something and improved it and then sold it, what he improved he has sold. Rashi says in his first explanation, this refers to the partial share the robber acquires in the improvements, according to Rabbi Shimon. Rav inquired if the buyer improved the stolen article, if he also receives this share in the article, and concluded, What did the first sell to the second? Any right that comes into his hand. The buyer acquires all rights of the goslin, including to acquire a share in his improvements.
So the town crier who bought a stolen bell and fashioned it into a long trumpet, allowing him to keep his share in the improvements, blew his trumpet to alert the police that the thief was hiding behind a pile of palm tree logs he had cut from a stolen palm tree, which he did not acquire, which reminds us what Papa said, that if someone stole a palm tree and cut it down, even if he felled it into his own land, he does not acquire it because originally it was called a palm tree and now too, it's still called a palm tree and not considered changed. Even if he cut it into logs, they're still called palm tree logs and unchanged. However, if he made them into beams, he does acquire them. So the town crier who bought a stolen bell and fashioned it into a long trumpet, allowing him to keep his share in the improvements, blew his trumpet to alert the police that the thief was hiding behind a pile of palm tree logs he had cut from a stolen palm tree, which he did not acquire, where he was melting stolen silver coins into a bar and acquiring them, since remaking coins would be panim chadashos, which reminds us if one stole a bar of silver and made it into coins, he does not acquire it because it can be returned to a bar. The slight differences in shape are insignificant for a bar of silver. But if one stole silver coins and melted them into a bar, he does acquire them because remaking them into coins would be panim chadashos. So the similar Davtsa design is a chess master, a chess master. So here goes. The chess master, chess master. That must be more on Davtsa design. Chess, chess. The chess master thief who stole someone's evid to polish his chess pieces and was the lady who was putter for paying for his use, which reminds us Ruff ruled that an evid is considered like land and cannot be considered stolen. This contradicts another ruling of Rav's. One who seizes his fellow slave and did work with him is potted from paying for his use. If a slave cannot be legally stolen and remains in the master's domain, he should pay for his work, whereas, whereas if he can be stolen, he merely returns it as is. The Gemara answers that he worked not at the time of the master's work, so the master suffered no loss. So the chess master thief who stole someone's evit to polish his chess pieces and was delighted he was putter for paying for his use, had a pile of coins he stole on the table, which had since become disqualified by the government, that he was going to return to the victim, which reminds us, the mission on the previous stuff taught that if one stole a coin of a nistak and it cracked, he must pay its initial value, but if nipsal, it became disqualified, he may return it to the owner as is. Rahuna interprets cracked literally, whereby the government requires it with a shenui, and nipsal means psal to malchus, the government disqualified it. Rahuna says that if the government disqualified it, it's tantamount to being cracked, and the government pays its initial value. Rather, nipsal means one province no longer accepts it as currency, but another does. So, the chess master thief who stole someone's evid to polish his chess pieces and was the lady who was putter for paying for his use had a pile of coins he stole on the table which had since become disqualified by the government that he was going to return to the victim and repaid a loan with a coin he had fixed payment on and told the lender, go and spend it in Meshon, where it's still accepted. Which reminds us, if someone lends his friend and fixes payment on a coin and the coin became disqualified, Rav says, no he must give him a coin that passes as currency at that time of payment since he agreed to pay with currency. Shmuel says, He may pay with the original currency and tell the lender, go and spend it in Meshon, where it's still accepted. So the similar Dav Tzadiches relates to Schok, and we use a clown. So here goes. The clown routine clown. That must more Dav Tzadiches. Schok. The clown routine featuring one clown knocking another clown's hand so that his coin fell into the clear waters of the Yamagado, which reminds us, Rabbi said, Hazork Yamagado Pater, one who throws his fellow's coin into the Mediterranean Sea is exempt from paying because it can be retrieved. Rush explains that although the owner has to pay divers to retrieve it, that damage is indirect. It's grama. 
This is only if the water is clear where the coin is visible. But if it was thrown into murky waters, he's liable because it's considered lost. So the clown routine featuring one clown knocking another clown's hand so that his coin fell into the clear waters of the Yamagado, followed by the second clown taking revenge and burning the first clown's star and laughing that he only burned a mere paper of his, which reminds us, Rabbi said, One who burns his fellow's loan document is Pater. Although the lender cannot collect his loan, the one who burned the star can say, I burned a mere paper of yours and did not directly damage the loan, but destroyed his proof. Even Rabbi Shimon who holds something that causes the benefit of money is like money only holds its way with something that is inherently money, such as an animal, which became hectish, or chametz, which became to Pesach, but would agree that a star, which has no inherent value, is not considered money. So the clown routine featuring one clown knocking another clown's hand so that his coin fell into the clear waters of the Yamagado, followed by the second clown taking revenge and burning the first clown's star and laughing that he only burned a mere paper of his, concluded with a third clown pretending to be a carpenter who broke the box he made for the first one, saying, Uman Kona, B'Shevach Kli, which reminds us, if one gave a carpenter wood to make a box, and after making it, he broke it, he's exempt from paying the value of the finished product. The more explains Uman Kona B'Shevach Kli. A craftsman acquires the improvement to a Kli resulting from his work, and ordinarily sells that share to the owner when it's complete. Therefore, when it breaks, the owner's loss is only the original wood he owned, not the increased value. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which step to win the one who throws his fellow's coin into the Yamagado is exempt from paying because it can be retrieved if the waters are clear? That's on Dov. Tzadiches. Good. Number two, which step to win the one who steals one's Evid who did work for him? He's put there for paying for his use. That's on Dov. Design. Good number three, which of the one an expert shochet who improperly shechted, rendering the animal on the vela, is chayv to pay the owner? That's on Dav. Tzadi test. Good number four, which of the one the one who steals pieces of wood and makes him into kalim? It's Misham Kishas He pays their value at the time of the robbery. That's on Dav. Tzadi Gimel. Good number five, which of the one the one who burns his fellow star is putter. Although the lender cannot collect his loan, the one who burned the star can say, I burned a mere paper of yours. That's on Dav. Tzadi Ches. Good number six, which of the one Rav Huna holds that a coin that is nipsal means it is disqualified by the government to use. That's on Dav. Tzadi Zayin. Good number seven, which of the one if a craftsman returned a cloak at midday, as soon as the sun sets, the owner is over on Baltalin. That's on Dav. Study test. Good number eight. Which of the one stole wheat and made bread with it and then separated challah? He cannot make a bracha as it's blaspheming Hashem. That's on Dav. Study dollar. Good number nine. Which of the case where a woman gave a craftsman some gold and asked him to make a ring for her and she'll become married to him? That's on Dav. Study test. Good number ten. Which of the one a buyer who makes improvements in a stolen article also receives a share in the article? That's on Dav. Excellent. That was the day's year. This is everybody. Rumgold from Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.